on this episode of Movies from My Life, a quick talk on it and our plans for the rest of 2017 into 2018 on the podcast. Ready? Let's do this. So that's Nick. Yep. I'm Brandon. And just a quick talk on it. Good, sir. Yep. Let's just get right into this. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the film, which seems like everybody saw the fucking film. Yeah, I went opening weekend, so the only thing I said throughout this whole movie every time like the fucking clown come up was just that fucking clown. It, it, it's a, it does scare you. Like It's got some good scares in it. Yeah. Really well done. I mean, yeah, really well done. Well casted, too. I like the cast. Yeah. It's funny, too, because they were saying this summer was, like, terrible for terrible box, box office. office. And, like, the minute summer ended, it drops, and it was massive. Well, you yeah, also got to think about the fact that that horror fans have been desperate for a long time for something great to well, happen. How many I know years? that I have. How many years now? They said, what, 27 years since the last film? Yeah, since the last film, which is funny because in the book, uh, twenty-seven he comes years, back every 27 years. Which is interesting. Yeah. Honestly, this movie scared the shit out of me at, at times. Like, I mean, there's something really creepy when it comes to children in horror films, yeah. especially when they're being hunted by a, a creature, mm-hmm. especially that opening shot. I did not expect the opening the way it was mm-hmm. with Georgie in the sewer. Like, I got the whole, okay, here's Pennywise in the sewer. And trying to lure Georgie in. I didn't expect what happened next, which mm-hmm. was him getting his arm bitten Rip, off. Yeah. Like, I had no clue that I was just fucking... I thought he was going to pull him in. Yeah. I thought he was going to pull him in, kind of like what Tim Curry did. Mm-hmm. And no, he bit his arm off, which was very graphic. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I thought the, his, the, the child actor's reaction to being his arm pulled off, like, I think a kid would be screaming like... He was. Like, not, not as hard. Not like this kid wasn't like thrashing around like he'd lost his arm. Like as soon as like he kind of settled, it looked like he settled down. Well, he for fell like, to his face and was screaming and, and was crawling, trying to crawl away. Yeah, but I mean. One thing I thought that they nailed in that opening sequence, because I wasn't 100%, I'll be honest with you, yet on the the, the CG, the big opening teeth, etc. I wasn't 100% sold on it. I liked it, but I was, I was kind of being cautious i i was all around very cautiously optimistic about this flick yeah at that moment i still wasn't sold on that what i was sold on was the same thing that scared me about the book the same thing that scared me about the miniseries what did it premiere on abc back in the back in the early 90s i think it was an abc yeah i like think it might be horror, right a, a horror miniseries on abc go figure that one out well but then again back then stephen king would have signed anything in those days that's true cocaine's a hell of a drug Anywho. <clears throat> Anyways, yeah, um, the CG... Hey, I'm not knocking Stephen King. I love the guy. No, nah, you can't knock him. You, know. you, you got to admit, he writes children in his stories pretty damn like well-rounded. Well, a lot of his best children are from the era that his children were that age. Mm-hmm. You know? And I don't think that... He said straight out that none of his children are the basis for any of, any of the characters. But certainly... Watching them interact, and this but he under, things, he, yeah, he yeah. understands the characteristics of a child, especially around those ages, like mm-hmm. what they'll do, especially like in this era too. Like you, you see like the way these kids interact with each other. Like they should talk each other, and I yeah. said it to you off air. It's like when you're a kid, you don't even know how to swear properly, so you just start bringing up like curse words. Oh every, yeah, you just, every five seconds, it's like you chain off three fucks in a second, and it's like yeah. that's what the that's what these kids were doing. They were just chaining off fuck you, fuck this, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Not really forming sentences. And seeing a kid swear is always funny. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. In any case, what scared me when I was a kid, because I, I think I told the story on our Stephen King episode mm-hmm. when the uh, Faculty of Horror was on. I read this book way too young. I read it. I tried to read it at age 10. I checked with my mom yesterday. I'm like, what grade was I in? She said you were in grade five. So I was about 10 years old. Um, I tried to read it for for a school assignment and uh i ended up having to um kind of just base my assignment on maybe the first 600 pages of the book yeah something like that because i didn't finish it um 
I did finish it eventually. But the thing that scared me about the book, because I keep going there and I don't say it. So the thing that scared me about the book and and the first TV miniseries and this film was um, everyone's complacency, the adults. You know, just this as if nothing is going on. Yeah. Um, They're numb to it all. It's like... Well, one thing I, I liked that they upped the ante in this series a little bit was that it seemed as though some of the parents did know. Like, I got the distinct, distinct impression um, that uh, that Eddie's mom knew and that, that that was her keeping him inside. Like, I just got this vibe from from the character, the way she was tr- – it was it was a little bit of a different play on it, but I liked it. I liked that it seemed as though she was cognizant of what was going on and she was trying to keep him safe. Maybe she didn't know, like, oh, there's a fucking, essentially, like, being that's older than, than the universe, you know, trying to feed off the fear of our children. I like how... Uh, but, you know... Yeah, but there's, like, a lore to it as well, especially, like, when... Um when Ben goes to the library, because he's got no friends in the, from the mm-hmm. start of the summer, he starts researching the town, and he, he stumbles across this. Yeah. And it's interesting how it's kind of like pushed under the rug. They sweep it under the rug. And, and Speaking of that shit, can we get into this a little bit? Yeah. As two white males, let's have a conversation about uh, them devaluing the only African-American boy in the cast. Yeah. Mike is the fucking librarian when he grows up. Mm-hmm. Mike is the history buff in the book. Mm-hmm. He is the one who tells them this, you know, about all of this shit because of his. Now he's, he's the only black kid that's being persecuted in a fucking all white town. And now he's dead. And then he downgraded him in the film to the tough guy. And he's yeah, he's trying to find his place in the world. And yeah, they they've in this film. They've given all of the, all of the um, character depth to Ben to essentially make him more. But I kind of compu- I, I think I understand why though, because if you go if, like I saw I saw this a few weeks ago when it first it came out like two weeks ago or a week ago when it came out. His par- he's homeschooled. His parents died in an accident. He's homeschooled. I think. But that's why it works. Because, like, because he can father- read whatever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. You don't need to sit but ben I think, in the library. I, I think his like, grandfather knows about the town and knows the history of the town with kids going missing and doesn't want him anywhere Dude, near that shit. They wanted to endear you to chubby little cute Ben with his fucking new kids CD or new kids tape that kid on. Reminds, that kid looked like a young, like a child Chris Farley to me. So that you were just as fucking pissed when when you know Beverly kisses Bill at the end, like that. That was what they were doing there. They wanted you to be upset because Ben's the sweet one. Ben's the one that fucking saves her. Ben's the like fucking Bill leaves her to hmm. go kill Pennywise. Or, yeah, you know, like so they wanted everyone to kind of be upset. So that four chapter two, if it ends up being. Um, the adult one, if they don't do something in between, you know, kind of make it like a Empire Strikes Back where the bad guy wins around or something yeah. like that. If they if they're if they just do an adult one at this point and they bring him back, then then now it's like Ben comes back, he's had a chip on his shoulder his whole life, now he's skinny, he's buff, he's a famous architect. He's chanting he's, fucking Tatum uh, chanting Tatum at this point. Exactly. Probably. You know what I mean? And that's what a lot of people are asking for. They're like as soon as this first movie dropped, every single media outlet mm. has been pitching uh, their dream cast of uh, who they want two. for Chapter 2. And Channing Tatum comes up as Ben. A lot. A lot. Interesting. And the one that comes up for Beverly a lot is... Uh, Chastain. Chastain. Yeah. I don't see it. I kind of don't want all these big names in a film. No. I really don't. It cheapens it. Like I mean, half these kids are... Half these child actors in this film are... Unknowns, regard besides the kid from Stranger Things. What's the uh, kid's name from Stranger Things again? I can't think. Finn of Finn Wolfhard. Yeah, um, right. yeah. Most of these kids are all unknowns except for him, and pff, yeah, that's what I liked about it because they surprise you. I want a surprising cast. Mm. Fuck. <sighs> Go through the catalog. You can find somebody. Yeah, we're getting off topic here. My. Uh, I, well, I feel like we originally started off with the the original scare, the with, first scare. With, with well, you started by saying. 
in this exchange at least that it was it was you know Ben getting all this information that like you know yeah he's the one gathering down the rabbit hole kind of thing which is great and and my point of course was just that that's Mike because Mike and becomes ends, a librarian ends up growing up to be a librarian which he's, he's probably going to grow up and own the fucking butcher hates shop in the, the next city one. first of all yeah, his because or the town well yeah and they treat him like shit they, they do. They, you know, they're fucking racists. You know. Well, no. Which only, is also downgraded in this. Only, film. only the fucking sheriff's sons are racist at this point. The rest of the town doesn't really give a shit about. Doesn't really. Well, I don't think they jump in because they know he's the sheriff's kid, right? Well, unless so they know he's got a, a free pass. But like Henry Bowers, his place in the in the book is that he. He ta- he's blamed for the crimes, you yeah. know. Rightfully so. He's an um, asshole. So it's interesting that they've chosen to kill him off in the first one. I don't think they still blame we don't him. Know, we don't even know if he's killed off. We just see him fall down a freaking wall. Yeah. Then again, he hit everything and every every fucking rock on the. Yeah, way that down. was awesome. I laughed my fucking. It kind of reminded off. me of Homer Simpson falling down uh, Springfield Gorge because he just keeps falling. <laughs> one rock, two rock, three rock, and he's down. But. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of liked. There's a lot of like all these kids have their own arcs, I except mean, for Mike, who is arguably the most important. What are character. you talking about? He's the one who shoots the kid, shoots the bully down the damn well. He was one who pops him with that stupid gun but, down okay, the wall. But, yeah, but what you're talking about is plot. You're not talking about character. There's a difference. He gets a, it's, a, it's a redeemer story, though. He, like you beat your bully. No man, that's like, a rede- that's a redeemer. I call that a redeemer. Like this guy's been picking on. He you. was not the only one tormented by, uh, by um, Henry. Yeah, too. Like he, that's the problem. Um, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, they've downgraded Mike so much. He's a character that everybody who's read the book loves. So that being said, you haven't read the book. Um, right? I read like first five pages and then I gave up on it. Oh. Congratulations. I was the same age as you, actually. I was in the fifth grade, and my teacher saw me bring the book in. Yeah. Because. Made you read something else? She's just like, I don't think you're a strong enough reader for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I really wasn't a strong enough reader at the time. Never went back to it? Never went back to it, but. To be honest, in fear of hurting Stephen King's feelings, because I know that he's an avid listener of the show, obviously. Yeah. No. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to you. Like, I know we've talked about, you read some other stuff in his catalog. I wouldn't recommend, just just fucking read the Wikipedia article. It's yeah, like, it's honestly enough because... I watched the first dude, movie, that's what I got out the, of it. There is, well, the, the TV series has to pull it back a little bit too much. I felt like even at parts, this film pulled it back, but they pulled it back for the right reasons. Like, one thing I like that they did in this is they just made it, they made it a lot more implied that... All of the boys are attracted to Beverly. Yeah, they the don't. Swimming hole scene pretty much set that up. Yeah, like they didn't need to like actually explicitly make a bunch of children, you know, in into like, uh, like weird sexy stuff. Like it doesn't. You don't have to do that. You can just make it real innocent. They're all wearing their their you know fucking ugly nineteen eighties tidy whitey shit, and and. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I and I and I like the move up to the eighties because we're in the middle of that whole fucking nostalgia porn, circa nineteen eighty jerk yeah. off to the eighties. Because the original one was what set in nineteen like fifties or sixties, yeah. yeah so. And really, nobody gives a shit about the fifties anymore. Now I give a shit about the. 50s, I like the fifties. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, like on film, it just it everybody wants. Really to, everybody well. loves the eighties. Like this is like the it the, thing now well, with yeah. horror. The eighties is like the horror. Well, like, but the eighties was a legitimate great time for horror. Yeah, I mean, you know, so. look at all new most horror like. Uh, I wouldn't call it Stranger Things a horror, but it's set in the eighties. Well, it's part of that whole trend of like. And so it's a know. trend that's then it's like oh, let's take advantage of this trend now while we have a chance. Right? Absolutely, and that's what they did. They 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 did that one hundred percent correct. Where they had the kids, you know, kind of long, but then they also were able to do it where they created that little love triangle, which is nice because it plays back in later. Um, you know, they the they did a lot of nods to the fans where they didn't have him necessarily they didn't have bill necessarily like do the like hi ho silver away but they had, he called his bike silver it actually says yeah, it i think on he it. said hi ho silver Did at one he? time okay, he just said hi ho silver it. but just very subtly yeah I well did, I, I, liked I did it. catch that you know 
I thought, and here's something, uh, I thought in addition to obviously the phenomenal performance by Tim Curry in the handful of scenes that he's in, and in the miniseries, and obviously one of the few things that makes it fun, I wish that he was in a hundred times more of it, um, just every scene with him. Um, in addition to that, I actually, I really liked Jonathan Brandis in that series. Really? Like, I really, really did. Like, I, I thought he was a great Bill. I thought he did a great job with the stutter. I thought he portrayed a really strong leader like that. Because Bill is very much your anchor um, in, in both in both, both film adaptations. So it's like, you know, you have you have a protagonist that you believe in. And, and, and so I always liked... You know, I didn't super. I, mean, I, I, I didn't super like Mister Ponytail. I can't think of the actor's name. Not that I super care either. Um, what the fuck is the actor's name? Richard Thomas. Yeah, um, but uh, great fucking ponytail. Uh, but that was a great ponytail. <laughs> but um, and obviously, but Olivia, that's Olivia like, Hussey is I, in that. Uh, I do like, doing absolutely fucking nothing in that TV miniseries. What I do yeah. like about like you're talking about. Bill's character has the stutter and whatnot. Yeah, when you think I of like, like the, I like both kids equally. Couldn't I, I, make it. That was the one place I couldn't make it. But that's what I mean. I, that's what I like about the character itself is because it's like when you think of a hero, somebody who's going to lead the troops. Like, a, like you mm. think of a general Patton who has like this great speaking capability mm-hmm. to like rally like everybody together for this cause, and then you have this kid who just can't get over his speech impediment, but mm. finds a way to make it work and get everybody on board and to like yeah. overcome and I, that. And I love that one of those moments in the film where they all kind of come together is as a group is them realizing that he did not stutter Mm -hmm. before they go into the house the first time. Yeah. And he was the, he led the charge on that. That was great. One thing we were talking about the swim scene. Did you catch the, uh, arbitrary turtle line? Oh, a turtle. No, I didn't catch that again. Another little beautiful nod because the, uh, in the book, um, basically, uh, the turtle, uh, uh, the universe was created by a giant fucking turtle. Okay. Who is like on the side of good. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't explain it any better than that. Okay. And the turtle. I'll just take your word for that. <laughs> yeah. And like in the final showdown, the turtle comes to their aid essentially hmm? um, to, to combat um, the dead lights of it. And so forth. So interesting. Um, yeah. So that's what that is an homage to. Um, I gotta say, they did hand. Which they, I, they, I loved like the the scenery that they used was great. I love where they're the, the location shooting on it. Yeah, look great. Hamil- great. Hamilton, Ontario has never looked better. Well, actually, you bring up a good point. Did, did, you, did, did it feel like Maine? Little bit. The only time, but you cat you do catch a lot of Canadiana in this in this film. Mm. Did you remember where they're by the train tracks and you see all the freight cars going around? Like there's a train. There's they're by a set of tracks. And you see a bunch of freights it's on weird. a train. You're, you're informing me of this, and I just acted like I knew what it knew it, which is stupid because I didn't. I didn't know this was filmed in Hamilton. This is filmed in Hamilton, really. And you can catch. I know it. Hamilton pretty well. You'd think I'd recognize it. But the best part, how you can tell it's Canadiana, is you're looking at all the freight train, like all the steel containers. CN. Not CN. Canadian Tire. Is stamped on the side of a fucking steel container passing through the shot. Oh, really? And I start pissing myself laughing. You're I'm certain like, on this. Canadian Tire. You you grow up in Canada. You know what the Canadian Tire logo looks like. Okay. You know exactly what Well, yeah, because you, you stay away from it. <laughs> but they blurred <laughs> You go into the store across the but street. But it's blurred. But I mean, just like, it's the Canadian Tire logo. For sure? For sure, for sure. I haven't looked at filming locations, which I generally know when we come in here. So I'm going to take your word on it. Mm. This little coffee stir stick looks terri- uh, terribly like uh, the Blair Witch emblem, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah, it's creeping me yeah. out. Just a bit. Yeah, you're freaking Fuck out. <laughs> you did, you, shit out you, of you me. did that on purpose. Um, but yeah, they like that. Um, Sorry, where were we? Oh, okay, yeah, the, with, with the the kids, I, they work so hard to make them all characters, and they work so hard to fit in all these beautiful Easter eggs. Like you know, the, the, I I can't go through all of them, but like I'm pretty sure that Christine appears on on uh, on a T-shirt, if I'm not mistaken. I think it. The uh, the, the, um, did you see what? Did you see fucking, the films playing on the movie theater? Yeah, Nightmare Five. Nightmare Five, and um, 
Lethal Weapon 2. But would, you know... Lethal, there's Lethal Weapon 2, and I think... Yeah. It would have been... It would have been better if they had made it 4. You know what I mean? Isn't, In my opinion. Isn't Nightmare 4 your favorite? Or no, Nightmare no, 3 is yours. 3 is... 3 is right up there with 1 for me. But, um... The best I liked, though, was... Because it could have been a little nod. My point with the you, four thing is it just could have been a little nod. But I do like, you know, like, okay, so... I don't get the significance of Lethal Weapon. But I, lo- I like the nightmare thing because, obviously, you had, you know, you had Dream Warriors and you had Dream Child. And they've made the... They've picked Dream Child, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I guess, more appropriate. Like, what year? So, it's supposed to be in 89, obviously. Yeah. Um... 89, right, for for Dream Child? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, you know... Uh, well, there's a lot of, like, hidden stuff. Like, if you if you look, you'll see it. I mean, I even caught the original Pennywise. Yeah, and the dollhouse. And the doll room. The doll room, yeah. Like, that scared... That room scared the shit out of me. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard, by the way, well, was, was... Well-rounded, fucking, like, made me laugh. You know, I don't dislike Seth Green to the extent that everyone else dislikes seth green uh, or or like some people do not everyone else uh but also i think it's because we're both buffy fans he's oz yeah so um that that does help but uh, and also like harry anderson who he did like a real slapstick thing Mm -hmm. in the in the miniseries right and I never really found richie funny in the book he was fucking annoying Mm -hmm. this richie He's, he's annoying. Really fucking charming because he's annoying. Yeah, he's, he's funny and annoying. Legitimately lovable. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker's got him. Yeah, like that scene, the crescendo. If I we can't can, even, I can't even yeah, say without laughing. Yeah, this motherfucker <laughs> looks like he's leaking hamburger helper. Yeah, a great line. <laughs> and then he's just making the, the mom jokes. Holy oh, yeah. shit! But the great exchanges between all the kids, you know, yeah. and and. That shows real camaraderie because it's how you talk with your friends. Mm-hmm. You all talk shit about each other. You know, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what age you're at. You'll be talking shit about each other for the rest of your lives because that's what a friendship is. Exactly, you're talking shit and getting away with it. Yeah, but then if someone else does, you're all yeah. Then pissed. it's just like, wait, what'd you say? <laughs> In any case, I, I you know, um, what was your favorite story? I wanted to. I wanted to <laughs> just jump to the end with with uh, him if I could. For yeah, a second. go ahead. Um, with the Richie character, I love in the final sequence when when Pennywise has Bill and is like, "I can just take him. You guys can all fucking walk." And, and they um, give him the doors, the three doors. Is that the one no, no, no? Right at the end when Pennywise oh. is literally holding Bill around the neck. Um, I like that's not my that's not my Stephen King snow, uh, Coke nose. That that's, <laughs> that's uh, just allergies, me. hay fever season, mm-hmm. or, or uh, hay. Whatever season. Yeah, there's not a big pile. There's not a big mountain of snow on this table yeah, it's right pollen. now. Um, no <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> Nothing. In any case, um, sorry, Steve. <laughs> sorry. But uh, that that moment when he's like, you know, first you this and then you that. And I can't remember the exact sequence. And now I got to kill this motherfucking clown is like one of the best moments in the film. Yeah. Because you don't because know what he's going to do. Like you the, know that it's going there. You, you know, it's, go- it's going there. Actually, no, I didn't. I thought I'm like, this motherfucker's going to walk away. <laughs> I'm like, wow, if he walks away, he'll be the biggest asshole on the planet. And then he's like, now I got to kill his motherfucking clown. It's a great moment. It's a really great moment. But it's 1989. Film. I'm like, fuck only, only two years from now. And I love that it's like he's that that's him coming over his fear completely, you know. Um, Who says motherfucker better, this kid or uh, Samuel L. Jackson? Because he's getting on par with them with the motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. He's no Samuel L. Jackson, but he's I'd like to see them good. both in a film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go there. That'd be amazing, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. The movie, motherfucker. The movie. <laughs> You can't even write. The, you can't even put that as a poster. It just have to be MF the movie. Yeah, but it couldn't be a horror. Like Samuel Jackson has not had the best of luck with horror flicks. You know. Yeah, but you could make it a creature feature. He's done pretty good creature features. Yeah, I guess. Deep Blue Sea was my favorite. One of my he, favorites with him. Yeah. I guess there's elements of Jurassic Park that that, that are horror. It's interesting because he didn't even get to go to the fucking island. I was watching some. You he was know, just in a soundstage. Web video with, with him, yeah, that he never got to go there and shoot the scenes that 
where he like did. loses his arm. Yeah, it was like, a fake dies. arm, obviously. Yeah, so they're just like, we're gonna take the arm, we'll and we're off topic him. again. But anyways, continue your thought. Uh, I just really like that scene. I think that that moment. To to be honest, I really enjoy the humor throughout. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed uh, the scares, which I know you want to get into, and we'll get into in a second. Um, and and I thought for the most part the film stayed pretty tasteful and even when it got a little overboard like i actually really liked the dancing moment the dancing clown yeah because he was completely out of his mind that's a lot of term there's a lot of turmoil with that scene a lot of people are like creating memes based on it and i'm like why that's perfect because this chick he's throwing i you know how east like like east likes to say that freddie likes to play with his food yeah. Same with Pennywise. Pennywise likes to throw well, off everybody because that's what he's actually feeding. So off he's throwing of. them it's off, really and like, they don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. And he throws everybody off, and then he just flips a switch, and like a snap of a finger, he'll yeah, flip. Yeah. Like on if you. you're an omnipotent shapeshifter that feeds on fear, then you got to add some misdirection in there. Exactly. And that dancing but, clown that was pretty fucking creepy because his head stayed like still. Well, that that exactly. My whole thing was that this interpretation of Pennywise. He never exactly does anything right. Like there is moments in, say, for example, the miniseries with Tim Curry, where Tim Curry plays it completely kind of cute, and then flips it, and it's fucking like heart-stopping. Do you have Prince Albert in a can? Yeah, if you do. You better let the poor guy out. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then just that, blood balloons everywhere. Dude, that are you talking about that library scene yeah. where she Oh, I love that. And he has the He's fucking just over the rail with one foot. Screaming at him. I love and it. And everybody's just walking around and then the blood pot and then the blood packs just start popping. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Tim Kerr, like I love how this isn't a total ripoff of Tim Curry no, at all. That, it's its own thing. It and that's is. the way it should be. And I like how they did it. This interpretation, he never exactly does it right so as much as he's like he's a clown and he's trying to lure them in he doesn't exactly do, you know do you want a balloon but he can't keep that smiling face you know that lip the the thing that that uh, bill uh, skarsgård does mm-hmm. where he kind of pushes his bottom lip down mm-hmm. and that's how he's making the smile like these sorts of things popcorn and pop, pop, you know but even as he's laughing he's staring at the kid like he's food it's you like know. he's got two different emotions on his face. He's got a smile on the bottom, but he's got like this dead serious stare like, I'm going to fucking eat you. Exactly. And and so it, when you see him dancing ridiculously, it it's even better because it's like Pennywise, the dancing clown, and he's just staring dead-eyed at you, but he's doing the fucking dance. He's doing a fucking – is that Charleston? You know what I mean? No. Just, uh, uh, is that a real fucking dance? I don't know. It could he be a Charleston. Kicks, kicks fucking sideways. That's all he does. I don't know. In any case, In any I really, case. I really, really like that. I thought that was really good. I love the way how he just mentally like assassinated all these kids, like just feed it off all of them. Yeah, like single handedly, he knew one was afraid of fire. He knew one was afraid of the portrait in his uh, father's rabbinical office. Yeah, uh, the leper one. Yeah, that was like he's afraid of disease. He's afraid of disease. So yeah. at first I thought I'm like that's a zombie, and then all of a sudden they said leper. I'm like that's what that was. Holy shit! Mm. And then of course Ben inside the um, in the library being mm. chased by the soldier, the kid mm. soldier with the head, the headlessness. Yeah, and I'm just like that to me was the scariest of all of them. That's well, the kid, kid that died in the explosion. Yeah, that's the in the book too. They find his head like fucking two weeks later or something. Yeah, the kid who died or, in the explosion later, by being yeah. chased through the stacks of a library. That. That scares the shit out of me. Yeah. You ever been in a library like that and just walking through stacks like upon Ghostbusters stacks? library? No. Something like that. The one at York University has. There's a library at York University in the main building. Maybe there. I just don't relate libraries to being like that. But there's older libraries like that. And yeah. you can get lost in them. And it's some scary shit because you'll turn the corner and somebody will turn the corner at the same time. And you'll just jump and scare. All right. You know what? Uh, oh, sorry. That was the end of my point, though. Yeah. But uh, the thing that I didn't completely buy... Um, was the reason that they were all staying together, which, like, the, the loser club was just like, well, you know, Henry Bowers is chasing all of us. Mm-hmm. It's not like we're actually fucking friends. Like, four of them are friends. Everyone else is just like, well, just they don't like you either, so... But it, I think they changed the whole fact of the losers club. They kind of based it on the fact that but Bill lost his brother mm-hmm. and they can search for him and he's obsessed with this. His family doesn't mm-hmm. believe in this. But because of the... Uh, that last find- act 
I retroactively kind of liked it, all of that. So they they didn't. It's interesting how they did it because they didn't have to do the work off the jump because they did it on the on the like the tail end of the film. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, majority of the work was already done. They just had they each one of them had a piece of the puzzle. It's just and what you were saying about the parents too is totally true. By the way, yeah. just like and that's what's fucking terrifying when when your parents like imagine like you go missing and and your parents are just like yeah whatever like other sibling just fucking i actually have gone missing once (laughs) yeah i believe it and then the cops showed up (laughs) but you know what i mean like the idea that your parents aren't going to come looking for you or like an old lady that's on the the porch and sees you just like oh i better get in the fucking house no this kid goes missing which was the most fucked up was that the fact that they just keep putting missing poster on top of missing poster on top of missing poster it's like exactly like, okay, this kid's definitely not coming back. It's been about four months. Let's throw another missing poster because this asshole went missing. Yeah, and, and it's all linked to essentially the imagination and the town. So mm-hmm. kids are are really susceptible to it, and then uh, the town is 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 the center point of it. So it, it's inter- it, It's really good, strong lore. I, as I said earlier, I don't love this book. Mm-hmm. It holds a special place in my heart because it, of the kind of turmoil I went through to read it, you know, and also having to lie my way through book reports. But yeah, uh, where, where the fuck are we going with that? I don't, um, I don't know. I don't know. Break? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, let's take a break, come back, and we'll get into favorite characters, favorite scenes. Uh, you want to do favorite scares? So favorite we'll do scares. That, and then we'll wrap it up. Sounds cool. good to me. All right. All right, so we're back. Oh, we don't say uh, we don't say we're back. I say we're back. Now it's a new trend. No, no. I always say we're back. I don't say we'll be right back. We should say we'll be we'll be right back. No, because there's no time that passes for people listening. Like it's been 40 minutes for us. Like we're gonna take a break and then we go fucking <laughs> be stand three. on the balcony for 45 minutes and rant about nerd shit. Mm. But um, yeah, nerd shit. The consistency, the color, all that stuff. Yeah, it's a scientific process. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, let's do this. Let's let's wrap this up quick. Yeah, because uh, I I do want to mention a few things about Mermel uh, coming twenty eighteen essentially. Yep. Because uh, we are doing some format changes to the show right now, uh, so I do want to talk about that a little bit before we wrap up today. Okay. Uh, but that's not going to affect our Halloween schedule. Like our October, we're we're fucking. We're, it's going to stay the same as we've kind of been hinting at all year long because we're everyone here has their kind of horror kink you know and Mm -hmm. they're all very different so we've always got to appease everybody Mm -hmm. so we've got lots of different stuff coming this year last year you guys all were really cool about going in on slasher fest that was that was awesome i had so i had so much fun so this year i'm i'm being i'm being nice and taking suggestions from everyone else but Moving forward, after we get through this calendar year, we will have some changes. I do want to talk about them at the end of the show, but I also we're doing it kind of right now. I don't want to talk about it now because if people want to just ignore me and just be like "fuck you," I'm going to listen to it. We'll deal with it then. Then they can, then they can just skip the end of the episode. You know, if you have an if you're using an iPhone, really, just really want to. push the 15 plus seconds forward a hundred times until you get to what you want to listen to. <laughs> Thank you. What helpful tip you got to teach people? Okay, um, it's a 10 second skip on uh, Android. Really? Yeah. It's 15 no, it's seconds 30 on second iPhone, skip which is awesome. Google Play. It's 30 <laughs> seconds skip in Google Play, and it's 10 seconds back. That's awesome. On, like, Stitcher, I can't remember. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> getting into the fucking movie. Let's do this all at once. Okay. Um, favorite character, favorite scene, favorite scare. This okay. is what we're doing? Sounds good. Cool. You want to kick us off? Um, or you want me to go? I'll go favorite character. Okay. I really, really did enjoy um, Beverly's character. Okay. Um, yeah, I loved Beverly, Beverly Marsh as a as Sophia a Lewis. Yes, she. You see, when you first meet her, this girl who's talked about like she's pretty much yeah. spoken badly upon her peers in the town. Because of all call the, the slut, call, call the slut, tramp. pretty much everything t- 
teen girls do to each other even to this day. It doesn't. This doesn't necessarily mean it's 1989. But then you get I, I'm a I'm a boy, so I can't really testify to this. But I'm pretty sure this is even done even today. Yeah, to and it's interesting the connotation difference between, say, for example, a girl who does that and a guy who does that. And that in itself is interesting commentary. So it does make the character, but it's all but it is a, it is a true it is a true statement. Like that is well, it's done. not a true statement. It's, it's, it's no. I mean, saying like what I mean, <laughs> what I was saying beforehand. It's like it's girls are catty. That's they are very catty towards each other. It's okay. They tear each other to shreds. And I've I'm gonna say this because I do clean high schools for a living. I've had to go into girls' rooms, and the shit that is written on the walls. Mm is fucking ridiculous. If a parent were to ever walk into one of those washrooms in a high school and read what is written on the walls, they'd probably have a heart attack and start suing. Mm -hmm. It's bad. Just want to put in a quick disclaimer before we move along uh, with regards to the girls or caddy comments. The opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of Mermel or his affiliates. Thank you. <laughs> really, we're, we're gonna put the disclaimer up for that comment. We've said worse shit than that before. Well, I already put one up for the Alan Moore episode. Sorry, hold on. We do have a female sitting in the room presently, and I will ask this question. No, now. no, let's move on with now the show. We'll we gotta on. go quickly. Here. Okay. So I like right. Beverly how she overcomes. Like she mm-hmm. just does, she ignores everybody. When you first meet her, she's sitting in a in a washroom stall, and the girls are. Pretty much like teasing her, and she already knows what's coming. Too. She knows what's coming because she puts her bag up. She's she's ahead of the curve. Like I, I honestly believe she's ahead of the curve. Mm. She puts the bag up. She protects herself, but she kind of freezes. She just doesn't give a shit about what anybody says. She knows who she is. Yeah, and they don't know the kind of background that she comes from, and you as the viewer don't get the background of her until you go to her house and meet her father. And you get that subtle. It's I don't want to call it a subtle hint, mm-hmm. but you no, def they, you definitely know that there is something implied yeah. that her father is definitely definitely molesting her, molesting her. and like her safe spot, her safe space is the washroom, mm-hmm. and, and to for for Pennywise to violate to that, violate that with blood, and for Bill to pick up on that is just. Yeah, I, I've always liked that. I, I had like that, that appreciation of I had that appreciation like that of book. Bill, yeah. where he picks up like he sees how distraught like her safe space has been violated. And he's like, we can't leave it like this, and he gets the entire all the boys to clean it up. Well, I think inherently the thing that's so fantastic about Bill, and he's not my favorite either. But I, what I like about the the writing, the construction of the character, particularly for this film, but for uh, this as well as you know Jonathan Brandis's turn as well as in the book, is that his compassion, his empathy is what drives him and what propels him into a leadership role. So, you know, when you say, for example, you talk about um, the idea of like a great boss Mm -hmm. at your work or, um, you know, some uh, a great captain on a sports team that you play on or any of these things, generally it's... it's not always, you know, the person with the biggest mouth or the biggest shoulders no, or what not. have you. A usually, lot of times when it comes that, that you will fight for, it and they and you know, usually it's the one who just you. falls into the role. It's like when, like you just said, like with captains and with great leaders, it's not the one that picked out of the crowd as oh this guy looks like he can be it's the one who just, just takes acts. it he just, just takes, takes charge the role regardless regardless and doesn't even think about it he just knows what he has to do and yeah. goes through with it and that's what bill is but when it comes to beverly's character she's always pushing forward she's not letting anything hinder her or mm. stop her or get in her way even in high school that was me like i never really i knew the jocks i talked to the jocks and like whatever i just didn't give a shit about them but i always gravitated to more to the people who are like on the outside of everything who just talk like to talk about comics or just talk shit in general like mm-hmm. that's what i call like i like i guess like outcasts like are drawn to each other so like mm. she knows these guys aren't really the the most popular of they're not they're losers but they're like-minded but they're all have the same the exactly so she gravitated towards them and helped them out and it was good and it's interesting how she also kind of plays a little bit of a maternal role a little you know? bit and i like that i like that very much I really do. I like think I said, she has that mentality to always push forward, and mm-hmm. that's why I kind of pick her as my favorite because, like, she doesn't let any, she doesn't take shit from anybody, mm-hmm. even that fucking clown. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not scared of you. I'm not scared of you. 
That's and then you, and then you get the one viewing of the deadlights that you get in the movie. By the way, mm. is is that moment which is cool. But even still, like and they don't have when, to say it. They don't when they're doing the, the uh, when they're doing the research in Bill in Bill's garage with the mm. what the fuck is that rotary oh, thing called? Yeah. Right, the the old photo projector. I can't yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the fuck it's called, but um, slide the slide pro- slide projector. Got it. Wow. Um, well, we're, yay for technology. Yay. Um, that's not a computer. When Pennywise starts coming out of the picture, say yeah. that five times fast. Um, he grow he grows big. And- <laughs> Pennywise protrudes from the picture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he grows this. He exp- said that to work on a stutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, he grows this enormous size, and it's just this giant clown's head. And Beverly f- puts herself up against the wall, yeah. and he goes right at her, but. She might look scared, but her eyes aren't closed. Mm-hmm. She's looking him dead in the eyes. So she kind of has like this. She's got. Uh, I can't say it. Damn you it. You want to say balls. Yes, you? I really do. She does have. Girls Girls can have Well, balls. she does. She's got more balls than half the Losers Club because she's not afraid to stick up for anything. Yeah. She'll stick up you for. You mean it in a, you know. Hypothetical. Yeah. You don't mean she, that she's literally got testicles between her legs, which again possible with modern plastic surgery and yes, anyways but um, yes so she's my favorite because cool. she's she's a tough she's a tough girl okay favorite scene favorite scare favorite scene fuck it's a toss-up between georgie getting his arm bitten off at the, at the beginning of the film yeah but the one gut-wrenching scene to me was seeing georgie in the sewer and talking to bill Mm, like I Bill mean, having to fucking blow his brains like up. i remember i was sitting next to my brother my girlfriend's on one side and She's giggling up a fucking storm because she thinks like this kind of stuff's funny, mm-hmm. and me and my brother are just like, oh no, like my older brother is just going, oh no, and then I asked him after, I'm like, why'd you go oh, no for it? It's like because man, when you see a kid with one arm, yeah, especially like that's heart wrenching, and also it's a little bit of a play on the situation because you think you entertain because you see all the children floating, but you don't see Georgie, and you don't see Georgie, and then you see that he's missing the arm, which. Mm-hmm bill doesn't know about exactly so it so you think for a second you kind of entertain like what if this is him and even when he doesn't come back they you know it's totally intentional but it's tasteful yeah you think like oh fuck did he just blow his brother's brain out with a fucking yeah but i mean that was just a gut-wrenching scene and i'll call that one i will call that my favorite because it's like you really are a fucking asshole, Pennywise, for doing mm. that to somebody. Especially at the like, these kids are what, like fourteen, but that's fifteen? What he feeds on it's like but it, I know, but they're fourteen, it, fifteen years old, and that's something. I'm like, sure cows probably say the same thing about us. That's something that will scar somebody for the rest of their life. Seeing like your dead brother with one arm crying and saying, "I want to go home. I want to be. I want to be a family." It's just, it's, it's a heart wrenching fucking there's, scene. There's just some fucking uh, cow on a farm somewhere being like, "You're a fucking asshole, Ronald McDonald." <laughs> Every hamburger joint in town. Sorry, but anyways, to, so yeah, that we favorite. Uh, so that was my favorite scene. scene. Um, my favorite scare. Yeah. Um, it's got to be Ben in the library. Ben in the library. And I said this too off air, and <clears throat> I'm probably gonna get a lot of shit for this, but whatever. Fuck it. I have this <laughs> thing with horror films, and there's two things in horror films that. I, the two characters I feel sorry for, the two character types, are the fat kid yep. and the guy in the wheelchair. Okay. And now, the guy in the wheelchair is less and less, like, hasn't been done in a very long fucking time. Mm-hmm. But the fat kid always gets done, and you always feel sorry because, especially when they're being chased, if you you root for them because you just say, all you're saying in the back of your mind is, don't fall, don't fall, because when you fall, you're done. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're that size, I, I used to be a fat kid, and when I fell, I was I was down for the fucking count. <laughs> I wasn't getting back up. I was just I just like even in like nightmares when I'd run my chubby self, I'd just have it in my mind, just don't fall. And if I fell, I you're fucked. I was fucked. You'd wake up screaming. Right? Yeah. You I fuck screaming. I'd I have my throat slit in the dream, and I would wake up gasping. <laughs> oh, okay. But then yeah, night terrors, very very real. Great. But yeah, so that scene alone, like even just watching, that was the first jump scare that hit me and my brother the hardest mm-hmm. while watching it because we both flipped shit because he did fall at one point and then yeah. turned around and Pennywise was right there and that was it. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh fuck, this is, it's gonna be one of those films. But yeah, that was definitely my favorite scare. Next and second, I'd say close second would be Georgie getting his hand, uh, arm bitten off. Okay. Um. 
<clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, for me, uh, favorite character, I can't go with any part of that love triangle. So I, you're not going Bill, Beverly, or Ben? Or Ben. The three Bs? Three Bs. Better Business Bureau. Mm-hmm. Um, Big ben. I can't go with them <laughs> because I felt, as, I, I felt as though you were supposed to feel that way in, about the characters. <clears throat> so my problem is that's on the page, mm-hmm. right? So you know what? Like I, I'm, I'm going to go with Finn Wolfhard. Like, I'm rich, gonna, yeah, Richie's I'm gonna a go good with, choice. I'm going to really go with Richie. Rich. Um, one, because the whole fucking movie, um, like I kind of liked the Stan character. I did. But, you know, I thought they telegraphed a little too hard the fact that, like, as an adult, he, you know, if someone hasn't read the book or hasn't seen the second movie, you might just want to do the 10-second skip right now. He kills himself yeah. before the, you know. Um, <clears throat> so the whole time I was just thinking about that. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to go with Richie because I've never liked Richie. I didn't like him in the book, which admittedly, you know, was several passes, so maybe the humor... The 1950s humor didn't you don't hit get with much me as a kid, and then the adult humor didn't hit with me as an adult, or rather as a, you know, finishing the book around probably 13, mm-hmm. uh, actually reading it all the way through properly. Um, There's not much it, backstory with Richie in this film, too. You don't really get a lot of backstory. He's the only character without a backstory mm-hmm. in this film. We understand Beverly's home life. We understand you Ben's life. You we understand... Bill, you don't need a backstory for Richie. Yeah, but we don't understand what Pennywise is feeding on his fears, other than it's just a fucking clown chasing him. Well, but he also fears the, for example, that the it's a great scene when he sees the missing poster of mm-hmm. himself. Um, I, why I think you don't need a backstory for Richie is because Richie's the only character. He's the truth teller of the group. Mm-hmm. He is doing the the fucking sonnet throughout the film this motherfucker looks like he's leaking hamburger helper there's like some guy walking on stage and saying that in a his, fucking exposi- play. his exposition machine so you know you well he's, he's not delivering exposition he's not the one like ben that's being like opening a fucking book and being like you know uh, you know insert expository dialogue here clown clown scary if dead any, people if head any, in tree. yeah if anything he's, richie kind of reminds me of johnny depp in first he's nightmare the bridge to the audience you know oh, you call him that because he is literally he is confirming for you, he's like like I feel this way. I'm in the audience. I'm scared shitless, and he's like, "Hey, man, I'm scared shitless too." You know this kind of thing. So that kind of character doesn't always need a backstory. Also, because they, like I said, they wanted to build that triangle out, mm-hmm. and they sacrificed around it. And that's you know that's their choice. That's fine. Um, we'll see if it pays off in part. We'll two. see if it pays off. And um, <clears throat> because also. Beverly's not supposed to know. Doesn't, doesn't she know that he wrote that now? Doesn't she know that Ben wrote that now? She does, but I don't think she gives a shit. Well, obviously not. Cause she totally just, like in the last scene, just sticks her tongue down fucking Bill's throat. Yeah, well, maybe it'll help him not stutter. Yeah. Self-confidence. Well, right? like when they go away from the town, they forget all that shit well, anyway. Well, that's, that's so. the thing towards the end of the movie with that love trial. Ben st- holds on to staying in that last, to the last, like, yeah, he's last, last but he's just like, I can't do it. But that's also, it echoes the significance of the characters throughout the, you know, the book, the order that they go away and it echoes, and it echoes the significance of them in the film. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. With the exception of Mike, who's, uh, he's considerably more important to me in the book. Uh, and the character that probably in a lot of ways I related to the most, because like, he didn't really need to do any of this shit, but he did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he never left. And he was just in this shit. Everyone else ran away. But in any case, yeah, so that's my uh, favorite uh, favorite character would be Richie because it's the only iteration, kid or adult, that I've seen so far or that I've read that I liked. Um, favorite scene, you know... I like the I like the bonding moments. I, I do. So oh, for example, the swimming hole. yeah. The swimming hole was great. But I think my absolute favorite is when they finally um link up, finally, finally get the entire losers club together and they see that um Mike's being fucking beaten down uh by and you get that little shot of Pennywise in the fucking weeds waving a uh, uh, like just a severed arm at him and then they're throwing and, the rocks and you have the oh rock my fight god that and, was great and fucking richie hollers rock fight and he gets pelted in the head with a rock <laughs> and the whole thing plays like over just overt have you ever been score. in a rock fight 
no, I don't want to be in a fucking rock fight. Why would I? Why would that is the stupidest thing ever? <laughs> I used to throw rocks at my. Brother. That doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. So in any case, I'm going to go with that scene because I just. Uh, it it came it felt like it came a little too late in the film like i felt like i was waiting for it waiting for it waiting for it so it was a kind of a geek out moment maybe it's a yeah. shit moment it's probably cheap la- cheap laughs because you're watching children get pelted with rocks and one by the, each other and richie gets smoked on the on the top of the crown on that yeah. whole like when everybody in my sh- mm. in my showing and i don't care it's probably every showing mm-hmm. but as soon as you see that rock crack the kid in the cr- top of the fi- uh, top of the head yeah Ooh. Yeah. Everybody, audibly. I love going to horror films. I'll I'll rephrase that. I love going to good horror films. Yes. Live. Uh, You know, there's something transcendental about that experience. Um, When you go to a bad horror film, the audience turns on you very fast. And then it becomes, even if you enjoy the film... If the consensus among the group is that it's bad, I had then that. then it's not enjoyable for you because you can feel the tension in the room. But conversely, when you go to a good screening, like we were getting claps, laughs, Man. people were standing I up. I still had I still had theater talkers in it, mind though. I didn't have any talkers in mind, and it was great. My Everyone brother, was very my respectful. Brother, Everyone was. My brother wanted to kick the guy in front of him in the head. I'm like, shit, done it. Fuck, man. I would have mm-hmm. done it. I would have just kicked the back of his seat, told him to shut the fuck up. But that's just you get that. Mm-hmm. But like you said, with when it comes to like horror films, good horror films, you probably should have just asked him to stop talking first. That would be step one. If he didn't do it, then you were, then you can, then it's like here, way hold, out. then it's like here, hold my purse. And then, yeah, exactly. Game on. Yeah. Then it's game on. But I mean, I went to a screening of the, hold w- my fanny pack. Yeah. I went to the screening of the witch. Uh, have yeah. you ever heard of that movie? No, I've, I do a show called movies Room my life. Okay. Right. Anyways, but the witch, um, <laughs> It's supposed to be. It got a nine point. It's got like a nine rating and like a ten rating on like across the board. And I went to the screening. Yeah, first half slow. But no, it's just people were audibly laughing mm. at, towards the end of this film because it just it became a joke. Like I guess the whole theater thought of like this movie was a joke. They weren't taking it seriously, especially mm. when it came to the whole uh, the devil is um, a giant goat. Goat. Yeah. Right. So we just started laughing and those tw- those creepy fucking twins. Oh man. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just audi- like I and then you can't help but audibly laugh. Like I can't help if somebody's laughing in my vicinity and they're laughing hard, I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. Favorite scare. Favorite scare. This one is harder for me because, a- a- admittedly, they did a really good job. Um, it was a tense film. I felt it. A lot of jump scares. Um, yeah, but not not poorly done. Not poorly done. They were tasteful. Um. And you know we should we should uh, you know give give a shout out to the uh, Muschietti siblings. Is that Muschietti. how we pronounce that? Yeah, Andres, and uh, Andres Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti. Barbara's his sister. Yeah, uh, you know visually this film hits home. Like you know, so all the work that they've done there, it's it's fantastic. The I don't know who the DP is on this, admittedly, but they did a great job um, balancing the um, the the daylight mm-hmm. sequences and the darkness. They did a really good job. It was never like you were watching a different movie, which you do get in a lot of horror, especially modern horror, where everything is like crystal fucking clear. Yeah, um, you never you 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 felt like you were where you were, and it didn't feel um, fixed. Or- yeah, it didn't feel. Um, it felt organic. Exactly. Is a good way to put it. In any case. But your, fa- um, your but favorite scare? I don't like... I'm not super big into body horror shit. You know, no, that. know that. It has to be done really fucking well. Yeah, you're not a gore You're not a gore porn kind of guy. No. Like, it has to be really tasteful. And generally, there has to be another layer of something there that usually has to be something intellectual or psychological there to, to drive me forward, mm-hmm. to make it tense for me. I don't really give a shit about scary kids. You know, traditionally speaking, like, it's not that it's like, ooh, that's spooky. Okay, great. Uh, Mm. I'm a huge slasher guy. You know this. Yes. Um, And there was some great stalking moments in the film, but there wasn't, uh, I I don't know, there wasn't, it wasn't a film that necessarily appealed to me. So I want to say very clearly that I, I, I very strongly suggest this film because of that, because this isn't a film for me. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but that being said, 
I would probably go with in terms of the the best like horror moment. It's not even really a scare. It's just when fucking uh, Henry Bowers kills his fucking dad. You know, with Pennywise on the TV. Yeah, that like Sesame Street esque TV show. Yeah, I loved it, and I love you know I love that how they're you know they're working through um the tv you know he's he talking to him through the tv he he sticks the knife up against his neck and then and then puts the blade out oh. pushes the blade out into his neck and then he has to stab him repeatedly i think because uh or he says pennywise is, because the pennywise is up. all yeah and pennywise is like clapping like kill them all kill them all kill them all kill them all so you know it's not the the greatest of moments but from the moment that you see the balloon hanging out of the mailbox all the way to that um, and the character switch that goes on there, I really, really liked it. I also vaguely well, you can had tell a, I had a strong feeling about the backyard sequence with uh, of that creepy house with uh, um, not Mike's, but uh, with uh, um, shit. What's his name? Eddie. Yeah. Uh, who was a character also that I really liked because I, I hated fucking Eddie in the first one. Eddie pissed me off in the first miniseries, and I really liked Eddie. In well, the book. I like how um, I like how they just they skip the whole wait till he's older to find out that he's like his mom was lying. Yeah, to him. like I, I like how he just picks it up and like he makes his own decisions towards the end of the film. Like he grows into his own. Yeah, they've moved a lot of the plot to the kids so that I think that they can make the second one not so bloated. Mm-hmm. Because the the problem is that no like one if is. If I get a scene where it's Bill and uh, and Mike riding Silver around the back lot, I'm probably going to be not not going to be happy. Well, you but you kind of have to do something like that because they need to start from scratch. Because as much as you know these characters, you now have to endear yourself to the adult versions. Yeah. So if they don't have those like ooh reveals, like oh it was a placebo all along, then they don't have to worry about that. It's all taken care of here. What's a placebo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does he say at the end? That's a really good line. You know, I know what this is. It's a gazebo. And he, he smashes, smashes it. Ground. Brilliant. He tells his mom off. <laughs> but yeah. It's um, like, hey, can I get a kiss from your mom too? <laughs> <laughs> no, he says he says it to her. Do you want one from me too? Mm-hmm. That's what he says. And the mom just looks, oh, this is you, oh, oh, you boys. Yeah. In any case, any final thoughts on it? Um, well, we're assuming that people saw saw this that are listening, mm-hmm. so but you don't really have to sell it. But so like, go see it again, and if you can, see it again. and if you see the train with the Canadian Tire logo on it, yeah, then email me. Because email I me a screenshot of that, that because it was there. Really enjoyed it. Haven't enjoyed a horror flick. Haven't in enjoyed theaters a horror flick in, in theaters in a while. This long, actually. Uh, oh. in quite some time. This this is good. So. Uh, I really recommend it, and uh, if you haven't seen it and you listen to the show for some reason because you're glutton for punishment, thank you. Uh, go out and see it. If you have, uh, do you agree, I guess, would be the thing. If okay, quickly, final uh, final thought. What we're doing with Mermel in the new year, I know that you guys have noticed that we've pretty much every month for the last, like, a few months we've gone down in terms of we've had like three episodes, two episodes. We haven't had one weekly episode like we were pumping out you know, this time a year ago, for example. Obviously, I've mentioned on the show before, we did a live podcast from uh, Paul and I's uh, baby shower. I, you know, so like, you know that we're having a baby. We're prepping for that, obviously. Also, um, we're changing the format of Marvel uh, come 2018. So we're putting a lot of work into what we want to do, what we want to keep, what we don't want to keep, what we want to change. Uh, we want to do more tournaments because we know that like we get a lot of comments about tournaments. We want to do more actor-focused stuff, and that might be how we do it because um, a lot of people email us and say, like, the biggest e- – honestly, the most requested episode that we've ever gotten is is Kurt Russell. Really? Kurt Russell. Figure I figure that one Tom out. Cruise because like, you have an affinity for Tom Cruise. Well, yeah, because I usually – you know, you always bring him up. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a fucking target, so a moving target. Anyway, um, uh, when you do the Clooney one, you know I'm there. Yeah. So we're gonna look at that. We're gonna do. We're gonna try a few new formats, and we're gonna obviously do more battle royals because we like that format yeah, a lot. Absolutely. We haven't done one in quite a while. Um, October staying the same. What started all this? Yeah, October staying the same. We're we're sticking to horror, sticking to scary movies and thrillers and stuff. We next week we've got Silence of the Lambs, which. Uh, we're about to record. Nick, you're going to stick around for the yes, first segment. Yes, I will oh, stick cool. around. Um, and, uh, and then after that, we have um, 
I don't know, a whole bunch of shit this month. I think we got a John Carpenter panel. Yep. Uh, some other stuff. So uh, stick around for that. What prompted all the, the, the wanting to change things was that this episode we wanted to do. We wanted to do a review kind of thing on uh, share our thoughts on it. But we've been doing a lot of new movies lately. And I'm not saying that we should weed out new movies, right? We're going to be selective. Well, that's the thing. This show started as kind of a safe haven for people who were fans of genre film or films that maybe weren't necessarily, you know, received well when they came out or what have you. Cult classics, this sort of thing. Um, And maybe a love for films that that aren't aren't actually good. No, but bad films. But they're so bad that they're good, this sort of thing. And that's the kind of thing that we wanted to do when we got going and and we were doing it and one of my favorite films of all time as i've said in many episodes is robocop and we are we're approaching episode 80 if i'm not mistaken and we have not done a robocop episode yet we've not done a single paul verhoeven movie that i'm aware of other than mentioning robocop in um in in action week he did showgirls oh i'm in for that um, so he also did Starship Troopers. He did L recently, which I loved. Um, he's done some good ones, you know, he did Total Recall. Sorry. So two fucking Paul Verhoeven's in yeah. any case, both in 80s action week. Um, so we want to go back to being a little bit more, we're, we're not fucking critics. No, to be honest, not. you want a fucking film review, go somewhere else. If you want to geek out on film, have some laughs and listen to people who've drank way too much fucking coffee. Uh, talk for you know in long form have long form conversations and then get in on it with us we'd love to have you uh, and we hope you continue joining us the other thing is that Devin has not been around much lately and uh, that's a big part that's a big contributor why because I you know this was another thing Devin and I have been friends for you know since we were kids Mm -hmm. and this show it was just conversations we were already having. We just put the fucking microphone in front of our yeah. faces. So uh, Devin will be back more. East is going to be back more. All right. Um, and uh, you're going to see Abdullah uh, a lot in the coming months. You're going to see Brent back a little bit. Uh, Danny's going to be coming back. So, Which I still haven't done a panel with Danny, to be honest yeah. with you. I was only on once. I was on. You crossed paths once in a hallway. That was it. Yeah. And then you were on the American Psycho. Yeah, but he was on another segment. Another segment. So in any case... So that's what we're gonna. That's what movies for my life is gonna be doing in the new year. Also, Nick and I are gonna be premiering a comic book show that are gonna have various normal people and other people coming in and out randomly, um, coming in in a few months, and we'll talk about that when that does get going. Uh, Paula's got her show uh, for parents who are pissed about kids' movies and and so forth, uh, and and also just want to talk parenting issues, uh, and that's Ono oh Kids Movies, and that's premiering next week. Uh, so keep an eye on our website moviesfromylife.com to find out how to subscribe to that show uh, and you can also visit onokidsmovies.com which is the show uh, and yeah there's lots of stuff coming out of Mermel so we're not going anywhere we've been getting some emails that said hey what's going on you guys are releasing less episodes why this is why we're retooling we're putting new content out and uh, we're also considering maybe getting into video a little more maybe not who knows because we just like listening to our fucking voices but um so that's what we're doing. We're not going anywhere. That's the point. With that said, my usual spiel. Remember, this is just the beginning of the conversation. We want to continue it on with you, and we do. And that's why we're fucking talking format changes right now, because I don't want to have bullshit conversations about movies that I don't really like all that much that I felt the need to review. It is not one of those. I want to talk about it. I want to I've been talk talking about, about it. it with anyone who will fucking talk to me this week. And I want to continue that. So reach out to us at Mermel Podcast on Twitter at MRML Podcast. Uh, you can reach me on social media, pretty much uh, like Instagram, Twitter, all this shit. I'm always at Not Branded Fleet. Nick, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. That's my primary one for this show. It's at Gingers underscore Revenge. Hit me up. Um, in the coming months, when we get close to the release of the new podcast, I will definitely be switching over and doing more off my Twitter. So mm-hmm. keep an eye out. You'll be seeing a lot of stuff, a lot of links between my Twitter and the new site. Yep. So keep an eye out for it all. Um, and we'll, I'll try to keep you updated as best I can with shows released as long as Brandon will do the same. Yep. And yeah, just hit me up. If you got a comment, I mean, if you're offended by how I said girls are catty, please... Mm-hmm. I'd love to argue about it because you know I'm right. You just don't like the way I worded it. So there you go. All right. Starting shit already. Let's go. So 
If you're not already subscribed to the show, please remember to do so. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, iTunes, Google Play Music. We're everywhere that podcasts can be heard. And if we're not where you want to listen to us, let us know and, and we'll get there. Except for when, Spotify. Yeah. When you do uh, find us on your podcatcher of choice, um, please click that subscribe button and rate and review the show because it helps other people find us. And also it does help us kind of uh, gear our content a little bit better if you want to hear more shit that you actually fucking like. I think that's about it. That's it. Thanks for hanging out with us. Like body of water that we're near, it's just like pick up a rock. Yeah, that's it. what I do. I always, rock, throw I it. see if I'm by a body of water, I'm throwing something in that water. Yeah, and it's usually a rock or a boulder if I can lift or it or a body. We don't know. I bury bodies. That's why I got the Jeep. I got rid of the Alero so you can fit more bodies in the back. Yeah, but the Alero was perfect because everybody's gonna know a Jeep. Alero had good trunk space. No, man, I could barely fit that 412 cab in there. Yeah, shit was garbage. Anyway, um, one eight hundred cars so, for kids. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs>